that I strongly believe that we must bring human intelligence together with artificial intelligence. Each side has unique strength. The interplay of both will be the key to success in my opinion. Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Mind Machines and the Gradient Descent. Thanks for tuning in to our geeky podcast to discuss the fascinating field of AI and machine learning, corporate craziness, passion for technology, and the role of humans in all of this. We are Uli and Avery, your hosts for this episode, and we're so hyped to have none other than Matthias Loskill on the show. He is a digital leader who passionately drives tomorrow's product development by implementing AI-based prototypes for engineering, simulation, and production control. As the director of the Autonomous Factory and Industrial AI, he is shaping the Autonomous Factory with industrial-grade AI by empowering an excellent team of experts dispersed across the globe. So let's lose no more time and kick off the show. Matthias, it's great to have you here. How are you and where do we catch you today? Hi, Avery. Hi, Uli. I'm fine. Thanks. Great to be with you today. I'm very much looking forward to have a chat with you. And I'm actually in my little office at home today. It's still post-pandemic or in the middle of pandemic somehow at times, right? Um, and Aubrey, your, your interests get even more crazier every time, right? With every guest. So I guess Matthias deserves it, right? Um, such a flourish. For sure. <laughs> But before we get a bit into the topic, right? Let's get a glimpse on, you know, what is Matthias is all about, actually. You know, a, a simple game, Matthias, as we kick start. Coffee or tea? All right. Uh, I like both, actually, but I prefer strong Italian espresso. Uh, you, you got a barista education or some, something or a decent machine in the back end? Kind of, yeah. I practiced myself during pandemic, actually. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, hardware or software? Easy one, I guess. That's easy one. Uh, clearly software. Software. Alps or beach? A beach. I love that. Teams or office? Is it MS Teams, I guess, right? <laughs> uh, I guess that is meant, yeah. yeah. Um, so actually both, um, but as my team is spread around the globe, uh, mm. virtual communication is, is more convenient for me. Yeah, seems to be natural then. Oh, and that's an easy one, right? Human AI. There's no either or, as we will uh, discuss later, I think. <laughs> so it's a clear human and AI. Uh, see that. Nice. Amazing. Great intro, Uli. Uh, but Matthias, so you're mainly concerned with the factory of the future, right? But why do we need to be concerned about that anyway? Well, did you did you ever buy a personalized product? For example, your unique uh, your your favorite cereals with exactly the ingredients you like, or your uniquely designed sneakers? I did. Right, Uli? <laughs> no, actually not. I think I don't know. Did I? I don't know. You should Maybe. do it, right? So it's a clear trend that we can see in the market. Mm -hmm. Customers ask for personalized, individualized products or at least forever more product variants. While we as consumers like that, mm -hmm. for manufacturing companies, this is a big challenge. Mm -hmm. More and more, we will see that companies have to adapt their production processes from mass production to highly flexible production with a high number of product mm. variants, small lot sizes. Mm. And at the same time, it's 
very important to be able to produce efficiently and to competitive price, even in high-cost countries like European countries, right? Mm. Besides that, there are so many other challenges coming from the global trends that we are facing. So, for example, shortage of skilled labor or increasing demand for sustainable products and production. Mm. And just right now, there is this one major challenge many companies are facing, and this is all about supply chain issues and mm. uh, resulting material shortages. So it's obvious that we must continuously work on the factory of the future to help companies overcome these challenges. And still, they must be able to produce productively, sustainably. Mm. And our vision of such a factory of the future that allows all that and that deals with all these challenges, we call the autonomous factory. Nice. So what is for you then autonomy, right? And what is, what is then if you scale that to a factory floor? Well, first of all, let me explain the, the vision of the autonomous factory in, in principle. So autonomous mm -hmm. factory is our vision of a smart and self-organizing production of the future, which will be highly flexible, resilient, and sustainable. And we drive innovations in my team and around me to turn this vision into reality step by step. You know, this, this vision is extremely broad and, and super complex. That's why we structure it into so-called puzzle pieces of the autonomous factory which guide us on our way towards this vision. And if you ask me about autonomy and what it's all about, what it means, um, I would try to explain the word autonomous autonomy by making a comparison with automated or automation. You know, there are many automated processes out there today, obviously. Major parts of production processes are automated already. And in these processes, the system fulfills exactly the task it was programmed for by an engineer, for example. Hmm. Usually this is done based on certain rules and certain commands that some people just have programmed, uh, hard-coded, if you like. That works fine for mass production and repetitive tasks, or robots doing the same thing all day long. But it doesn't really work in situations where you have a lot of dynamics in your environment, for example, or a lot of uncertainty, new product variants coming in every day. So autonomy, on the other hand side, is the next level of automation. It's about bringing more intelligence into the systems. It's about perception of the environment with additional sensors, interpretation of sensor signals, reasoning, making decisions, taking action. So this is all about autonomy, if you like. And I could make one simple example to make it clearer. So if you have a look into today's factories, you more and more see so-called AGVs, automated mm. guided vehicles for logistics, transportation tasks of material, for example. These are highly automated systems, but often these are quite stupid in the sense that they just follow a fixed route and, and pre-programmed routines. If you now compare that with autonomous mobile robots that might have cognitive skills and autonomy functions built in, these will be much more flexible and robust. But that means uh, it's a bit of, you know, smart, let's say, smart automation under the condition of uncertainty, right? Nothing fixed. Exactly. That's a tough thing, right? <laughs> that's that's uh, truly a tough thing, how you cope with a not unseen situation, new scene, you know, as you said, like actually lot size one, right? Things that are very personalized. That's uh, pretty dope. Absolutely. 
Matthias, would you say that um, AMRs or AGVs also make um, factories maybe safer in the end because they're they are smarter? Maybe especially AMRs in comparison. Absolutely, this is is part of the story. So um, you will need advanced safety functionality still, and it, it's a bit like uh, autonomous driving, as you know it from the road, like autonomous vehicles driving around in the future. It's it's the same story in the in the factory. So you will also need to take care of, of safety aspects there, safety for human beings, obviously, but also for um, for the other machines uh, running around in the factory. That sounds pretty exciting, um, like a little city then in, in the factory. Um, but you already shared uh, quite some dimensions that um, characterize an autonomous factory. Um, but do you also have maybe some more examples of how I could imagine um, the autonomous factory of the future could look like? Absolutely. So, you know, now I'd love to show you our vision video, which gives a glimpse of how the autonomous factory might look like. But this is a podcast, right? So I will try to describe it on an, on an audio track. <laughs> we can't we can make the music behind, right? Or, or you know, <laughs> no, but, yeah. we can try. Yes. Um, yeah. But but if our listeners are interested, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. have a look at YouTube and search for "autonomous factory" to find the five minutes vision video by Siemens. All right. In in the video, we we tell the story of a little girl who builds a toy robot just based on her imagination and some colored paper. She shows this robot to her father and they decide that they want to order this little robot as a real toy. So they take a picture of it, of the paper-based prototype, they configure a few parameters and then place a purchase order with just the tip of a finger. And then the whole intelligent machinery starts to run and we can follow the whole chain from delivery of raw material, through production of the different components, assembly of the robots, delivery of the final product. So it's really worth watching. I recommend to spend these five minutes because it really shows you the, the autonomous factory and how it could really look like. So in this autonomous factory of the future, we will see many processes that will run autonomously. For example, in material receiving areas, in intraplant logistics, but also in parts of the production itself. We will see intelligent machines that group together joint forces, so to say, to solve complex tasks collaboratively. And these systems will be able to learn and improve continuously, sometimes based on human feedback, because we, we all know it's amazing what is and will be possible when deploying AI technologies on a broad scale. But still, there might be situations where AI systems reach their limits. So there will be a feedback loop between human and AI needed if the AI model is not confident with a certain prediction or a decision, for example. And besides these intelligent machines, in the autonomous factory, there will be intelligence on a higher level, on production control level. So you can imagine this as a, as a central orchestration that connects and sends commands to the different units in the factory, like different machines or conveyor systems. So it will take care of a combined optimization of all the processes in the factory, production, but also material delivery, intraplant logistics processes. And because as we said before, there will be human operators 
around in the autonomous factory, it's also about advanced safety functionalities, which will play a crucial role. Yeah, you just mentioned that actually, you know, the interface of human and AI, and you said like, yeah, actually, you know, it's human, actually both, right? And it's that it's actually a good synergy, right, between both. So, what's what's the role then in human if everything is autonomous, right, in a factory? And maybe what's what's what are the benefits that you see? That's that's really a key point. I, mm -hmm. I cannot put enough emphasis on that one. We we say the autonomous factory will be designed by and for people. This means it's not about replacing human workers. It's rather about assisting them, making processes more efficient and less error prone. It's about making the life of human operators more convenient and safer. Maybe we can release them from repetitive tasks, unhealthy or even dangerous tasks in some cases. So hopefully we can also make the, the working environment in factories more attractive. So humans will more and more play the role of kind of a supervisor or a decision maker and creative problem solver, I would call it. So it will be a different role in many cases. But I strongly believe that we must bring human intelligence together with artificial intelligence. You know, each side has unique strengths. So just think about human creativity or flexibility to handle even unknown and unforeseen situations on the one hand side. So human beings are able to adapt quickly to new requirements. That's a unique strength. You're not even close to a time where we can, or where AI can beat humans in this area on a broad scale, I believe. On the other hand side, we have a huge set of intelligent and mature algorithms around. We have pre-trained AI models that can be directly transferred to industrial production capabilities to process huge amounts of data based on almost infinite processing power that we have available nowadays. So it's about the interplay of human intelligence and artificial intelligence, as I said. The interplay of both will be the key to success, in my opinion. That sounds very exciting. And it's actually also what uh, we strongly believe in this podcast, like bringing the human uh, with AI, bringing them together and um, benefiting from both um, of the strength that both sides bring with them. Matthias, I'm pretty intrigued. You mentioned uh, puzzle pieces before as companions towards your vision, but what are actually those puzzle pieces Yeah, so as I said, these puzzle pieces help us to structure this very broad area of an autonomous factory. It's like a framework to shape our vision. And for every such a puzzle piece, we have dedicated innovation teams at Siemens Digital Industries who explore these innovation fields and generate a lot of ideas. And this happens in collaboration with our customers and partners in the end to create sustainable and most importantly, customer-centric innovations. You know, this is like an explorative evolutionary journey for all of us. We continuously learn, validate, develop, adapt, pivot sometimes uh, our ideas to come closer to the vision step by step. And sometimes we also stop ideas 
for example, uh, because it turns out that we don't really address a severe customer problem or the idea might not be lucrative or scalable from a business perspective. So this is part of the game when driving innovations. So is there a ratio of stopped initiatives and successful initiatives? Or is it, uh, can you trace that down? I'm not sure if I can disclose the concrete statistics. Oh, yeah, if, you, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you read um, articles on that, if you have mm -hmm. a look at, for example, startups, Mm -hmm. um, and how many startups uh, really are successful mm -hmm. or could even become unicorns. Um, it boils down to uh, percentages around a maximum of 10% of ideas mm -hmm. that really turn out to be successful. And, and we believe this is quite realistic. Yeah, embrace a positive failure culture. Awesome. But back to the topic, actually, Matthias. Um, so, you know, so make it a bit of co more concrete. What is a puzzle piece? I, I didn't get it. So can you can you draw some sure. examples out of that? Yeah, yes, I have have several examples with me. So, one puzzle piece is called industrial grade AI. Mm -hmm. This is all about making AI in industrial production environments more robust, reliable, and trustworthy. Why is that necessary? Because AI in industrial world is quite different from AI in the consumer world. So, for example, if you if the recommendation system of your favorite streaming platform recommends a movie you don't really like, it doesn't really do any harm, right? Giving wrong recommendations or making wrong decisions in production environments can have fatal consequences. And this holds true both in terms of safety for human workers, as we discussed, but also when talking about economic efficiency, profitability, and thinking about uh, machine downtimes or production standstills, for example, that might be caused by wrong decisions of an AI system. So we want to unlock the full potential of AI for industrial applications. And I have an example for a specific customer use case that I want to share with you. It's uh, a project with one of our customers in China. More specifically, it's a, a customer from solar industries producing so-called monocrystalline silicon ingots. And these are raw products for solar panels, but also for semiconductors, for example. These ingots, you can imagine like, like big bars of silicon, are produced in special furnaces, which consist of silicon fusion pots. You can imagine it's like a, a big pot of melted silicon, several hundreds of liters from which these ingots are pulled. In the later phases, these ingots are sliced into wafers and finally used for a solar panel production. So this is the, the setup we are talking about. And um, the production of these silicon ingots is a highly complex process. It can actually take several days. And uh, the quality of these ingots highly depends on handwritten control strategies and manual supervision and, and tuning of parameters. So remember what I, what I told about rule-based systems and written controllers, uh, human intervention and so on. That's exactly the story. Mm -hmm. So now what does it have to do with AI? Well, our customer approached us, told us about quality problems, told us about uh, problems with respect to stability of the process. And we decided to start experiments first in the, the lab environment of the customer. And we investigated whether we can improve this process and the quality of the products with the help of AI. 
And after some experiments, it turned out that the results were really promising. So what we in the end developed is an AI-based optimization of heating power control of this overall system with which we achieve better diameter consistency and higher production speed. So if we quantify the customer value, this means that we were able to produce 8% faster, which is already quite a big value. I mean, if you think about faster production, this means higher throughput, so we can produce more at the same time. But even more impressive, uh, in my opinion, are the, the production KPIs, the, the quality KPIs that we achieved. So we were able to produce with a higher quality by up to 65 or even 78%, depending on the KPI you consider. So up to 78 better quality using an AI-based control optimization. In my opinion, this is an outstanding result, which shows the full potential of AI for production optimization at the end. Wow, that's a huge success. Congrats to that. Thanks a lot. And actually, this is not just a prototype. It's, it's running out there several furnaces in the customer factories in northern China. So it's really deployed AI running there on scale. And also, it's about industrial-grade AI uh, because it's a critical process. So you must monitor the performance of your AI modes. You, you must have a very robust system. So that's really important. Wow, so impressive. Um, so industrial grade AI was one of the puzzle pieces. Um, so what what would be another one? So actually, I have two more I could talk about. So the second one is called autonomous production planning and execution. So this deals with this orchestration layer that I mentioned before. So the overall coordination of your factory and the different processes. And this will be really important to still have such a central intelligence because all these machines will be highly interconnected and the production workflows must still be optimized and even more dynamically in the future. And um, it's even more important to optimize the combination of production processes with the transportation and logistics processes. At the same time, we must get more flexible. We must be able to reconfigure our production facilities very quickly because of these personalized production trends, high variant production that I mentioned in the beginning. And you want to do that without reprogramming your workflows again and again, right? So you don't, don't want to touch the system, you don't want to touch the software. Um, if possible, you want to have this all generated automatically and, and managed automatically for you. And this becomes even more complex if we talk about um, modern production setups like metrics-like production with complex routing um, and, and AGVs or autonomous mobile robots running around, so you can imagine. Uh, we actually developed a unique solution for this challenge of flexible production, and it supports the fast introduction of new products and new machines. It's um, optimizing the overall production flow using all the different degrees of flexibility that are in there in the system. And it's exactly for optimization of this combined approach of transport processes and production processes. And then actually, it's currently being tested in our own Siemens factories. So this was the puzzle piece, autonomous production planning execution. And the third one I would like to mention is called autonomous material handling. 
So this deals with the processes in material receiving, intra-logistics, picking and placing of components, packaging, outbound logistics, so all that stuff that also must be done in, um, in a factory, but which is more related to the transport of material and your, your finished goods. In my opinion, there is really big potential to increase the level of automation of these processes still. So, for example, think about unloading of load carriers from a truck using autonomous forklifts. This will be possible in the future. Or the handling of pellets in warehouses, as another example. So that's really a hot topic, not only in manufacturing, but also in e-commerce or distribution logistics centers, for example. Um, in this context, we had a great collaboration, actually, with the Belgian company called Klostermans. We investigated how we can make kitting processes more intelligent and more flexible. Do you know what, what kitting is? Or maybe I explain actually, it. A bit. Actually, I don't know, right? What is, what is kitting? So simply speaking, kitting means grouping different products or materials together in a kit. So think about, uh, I don't know, your, your favorite um, shaving uh, products or your favorite uh, favorite body wash. They often come in mm -hmm. certain sets, for example, for Christmas, you can buy those. So that's a kit. That's, that's an example of a kit. So the producers must put different products together into this, this set or, or kit. So that's a task that's typically done manually today to a large extent because of this high variety of different parts to be handled. So mm -hmm. the products can look completely different from season to season. And in the project with closed demands, we um, used off-the-shelf robots, so actually cobots, low-cost cameras, and proven semantic uh, controller technology to implement a flexible kitting machine. And their AI, of course, that plays again an important role, but also uh, real-time motion control for the movement of the robots and so on. The special thing about it is you can very easily within minutes or even seconds uh, realize a product changeover. So this means if you have a new kit, different products to be put into or to grouped, uh, that the machine can just do it without any reprogramming. So that's, I would say, a first step in the direction of autonomous machines, autonomous material handling. And there's actually another nice example from automotive industry uh, where we worked with the, the German uh, car manufacturer Porsche in the new production of Taycan e-car. Um, in this newly um, built production setup of this car, there are autonomously driving platforms that transport the car bodies from one processing station to another. So you can see there already this, this rising flexibility that I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. You don't have any rigid conveyor belts anymore, but you have these autonomous platforms running around. So that's another nice example where you can experience that already. Thanks for sharing all of that, uh, Matthias. That were very, um, very nice examples. And um, at least to me, it's very, uh, it visualized very well uh, what the autonomous factory is actually about, what the purpose behind is and what impact it can actually have. Um, so thanks for putting the puzzle pieces together. 
what you also mentioned a little bit earlier was that uh, like one of the goals is also to to enhance uh, resilience but also sustainability so how does the autonomous factory actually uh, contribute to greater sustainability in the end is it due to quality gains that you reduce waste by that that that's certainly one aspect yes but there's there's more so i believe uh, sustainability is and will be an extremely important topic and it, it affects every one of us so we should uh, take care of it for sure um, sustainability will be actually a key metric when it comes to, to the future the the factory of the future one example so if you if you have a look at uh, carbon footprints and if you want to really learn about how sustainable you are already today it's about understanding where where's the data to understand that to how to get transparency about all this and you have to use various sources like product design production itself but also the whole supply chain in my opinion so all the materials from the different production processes have to be assessed somehow with respect to their ability to enable a circular economy because that's that's in the end what it's all about so it's about as you said reducing reducing waste it's about optimization of resource efficiency and also about uh, reducing your carbon footprint. And actually, I'm, I'm quite proud that Siemens um, brought an offering to the market called Sequeen. Have you, you heard about that one? It's, um, yeah. it's about... Awesome. Uh, awesome idea, right? Yeah. Exactly. So it's about dynamic carbon footprint. So it's about tracking your, your footprint across the whole value chain across the whole supply chain because usually your own production is responsible for i mean depends on the product but roughly like 10 percent of the product carbon's footprint only so you really need to understand from the different players in your supply chain what's the carbon footprint of the different components and so on and also the transport obviously so sea green is a solution that provides companies with dynamic product carbon footprints so it allows to manage the decarbonization of your products across the whole supply chain. And all of this in a trustworthy manner. That's really the key of this the story because Secreen is based on distributed ledger technology. So this means it gives you a trustworthy aggregation of a product's carbon footprint along the entire supply chain. And this without... The, the participating companies having to disclose sensitive information. So I think this is really a nice example. And actually I have another one, um, which is concerned with sustainability, but it's from a completely different area. It's not manufacturing, but it's agriculture. More precisely, uh, controlled environment agriculture or indoor farming, how it's mm -hmm. often called. So think about smart greenhouses or vertical farms. Sometimes they are actually called plant factories because it's really like a production environment for crops like uh, leafy greens or berries, for example. So that's another area where our innovations create value for our society. I mean, think about the, the challenge to feed the world's ever-growing population is becoming bigger and bigger every day, right? So. Cultivatable land is scarce, water is becoming scarcer too. 
energy consumption is one of the hottest topics of our time, isn't it? So in the yeah. end, it's all about growing more with less. Mm. You could also say producing more with less. So it's the same in manufacturing as in an uh, agriculture area. So it's about intelligent indoor farming. It's about providing each plant with exactly the right quantity of light, water, um, nutrients for an ideal growth without pesticides. And this is another great example, actually, where human and AI come together to solve a really, really big optimization problem. Yeah, love it. And actually, uh, Team Seagreen, right? Jonas, Max, Günther, right? And Andreas and team, right? Uh, kudos. Maybe that that would be also an episode here, bringing them in what means Absolutely. leveraging <laughs> technology and blockchain to be in there. Yeah, I should invite them. You draw quite quite some, you know, quite some, I don't know, fiction maybe, also science fiction, but in a good sense. I mean, exploring the new markets, right? Getting getting out there and learning from clients and customers, or, you know, what, what the future will look like. But how do you bridge now this world, right? How do you picture, you know, your past in, you know, ex not only exploring, but realizing the future. What, what, how do you structure? I understand you, you structure along the line of the puzzle pieces. So these are the impact factors, you know, client demands in the future and a broad vision. How do you move now forward? Can you share a bit of it? Sure. So first of all, I really believe this is uh, amazing stuff. I hope you can hear that. So there are so many opportunities around. I could talk about it for hours probably. So, <laughs> I guess so. So our approach to drive innovation is foresight-driven and customer-centric. I mentioned this before. This means that our teams continuously explore new technology fields and new markets, always keeping a strong focus on customer value. That's really key of the whole story. So if our teams are successful and find enough evidence that their idea really has potential to create customer value, It comes to either transferring our results to the core business of Siemens or mm -hmm. ramping up a new business. So for the latter one, we, we use um, internal startup-oriented organizations, our so-called incubators. Mm -hmm. um, after having proven certain customer desirability and, and business viability, because business must also be interesting, lucrative, profitable, potentially, right? So those incubators start developing a minimum viable product, MVP, to demonstrate and test it with selected customers. And that's actually exactly the phase where one of our incubators is currently in. Can you tell us more about that? So what's um, the incubator all about? Yes, actually, it belongs to the field of um, autonomous material handling. So the puzzle piece that I mentioned before. Um, in summary, it's a manufacturer-independent piece-picking robotics system that provides advanced um, AI-driven vision software. So this means, in more simple terms, our goal is to democratize AI-enabled robotics, cognitive robotics, you could also call it. So this means this incubator, with the offering we are developing, will help system integrators, machine builders, 
to create advanced robotic solutions to perform, for example, grasping of objects and manipulation tasks in unstructured and dynamically changing environments. And that's really the key aspect. It comes to play when you cannot simply engineer and program the behavior of your robot because the world is so uncertain, items to be handled are so different, right? So simply speaking, with the pre-trained deep learning models that we developed, the system is able to grasp even completely unknown objects. And that's very interesting for manufacturing when it comes to high number of product variants, different material types and so on. And it's also super interesting for e-commerce and distribution logistics. Mm. Just think about your favorite online shopping platform and the different items that you might find in your shopping basket. All of those items must somehow be picked and handled and, and put together into your postal package. So that's a process done manually, manually today to a large extent. You have several hundreds of picking operations performed by a human operator per hour in distribution centers today. So again, this is a nice example where I can help to improve and, and automate processes. And what's very special about this offering, it can be easily integrated into every automation environment because it's robot, gripper, and camera agnostic and super easy to use for every engineer without being a data scientist. It's also about the democratization of this quite complex technology around AI, obviously. Yeah, so, so low code meets um, and, and self-service, right? Meets a bit of the robotic sense, like sounds super, super relevant. Um, so, but it also sounds a bit of complex, right? So you, that means the, the startup is the internal startup is an incubator. And in this incubator, the test and develop, you know, future tech, uh, let's say. But um, as, as typical in Siemens folks, right? Um, a bit of hardware, a bit of software here, robotic arm, right? Here, controller. So that means, um, you know, you have have a bit of requirements how a potential environment need to look like where you can explore you know these kinds of innovations there is a specific do you have a space lab you know where those teams typically do the run the experiments absolutely so for example we do have our autonomous factory lab in nuremberg in headquarters of mm, uh, Siemens uh, industries yeah. it's a small production facility all built up with siemens hardware and software there you can experience and feel the heartbeat of the autonomous factory of the future, I would say, because many aspects that I mentioned today have been implemented, tested, and demonstrated there already. So it's not so much science fiction anymore. We are quite on the way, I would say, towards this vision. For example, there are autonomous mobile robots moving through the lab, interacting with each other and other parts of the production setup. Of course, we've implemented several AI use cases for quality inspection, predictive maintenance, process optimization, for example. We have this highly flexible production orchestration system that I mentioned before. It's actually running there. It's steering the production of this small test facility. And um, usually after proving a certain feasibility in this lab environment, which is a safe environment, obviously, um, we, we go the next step. So this means we continue experimenting, co-creating, or even piloting in our own Siemens factories or with selected pilot customers. 
So um, if you had one wish, uh, what would it be uh, regarding the autonomous factory? What is it that you would wish for in the future? Yeah, my, my wish is that every company starts with digital transformation now to make tomorrow's world a better place for all of us. Let's join forces to create the autonomous factory designed by and for people. Oh, that's nice. But uh, on a personal level, actually, right? So you, you've been in this crazy company or a large-scale companies for quite some while, right? And seen bits and pieces. You had, you know, your own contributions. You worked with institutes. You, you know, leading now, you know, the, the future-minded, um, you know, te technology innovation in AI. So if you look back on your early days, what, what kind of advice would you have got, you know, that maybe helps you in, you know, untangling a bit of the craziness and the ideas and, you know, starting pioneering initiatives in such systems like Siemens or corporates. Is there any suggestions or recommendations you would give the younger, uh, younger folk? Yeah, actually, I like that one. So, you know, I spent around half of my life with AI and innovations now. And mm -hmm. the biggest learnings I had in the last few years is that customer centricity is key. You should not fall in love with your idea too much. You should not work technology-driven, even though this AI stuff and, and other cutting-edge technologies are super exciting and fancy. I can totally understand. But instead, you should fall in love with customer value because this, in the end, will lead to sustainable innovation. And besides that, I would say, never give up, keep on going, even though you will run against walls from time to time, stand up again, wipe your mouth once and move on. So it's also about resilience. This is certainly needed in this crazy world of innovations. True. Nice. Matthias, thanks so much. So... Thanks for um, sharing all your examples. Um, thanks for sharing um, what is what you are passionate about, what's driving you every day. Um, and today we started the episode with a little game, and this is also how we want uh, to close this session. Um, so we have a final game. It's called Authentic Autocomplete. Hashtag it's also Uli's favorite Hashtag game. Hashtag trademark. Right. <laughs> uh, so I would like to give you for the closing a couple of sentence starters and I would ask you to complete them. So right. Matthias, are you ready for the final challenge of the day? Yes, let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. So first, uh, Siemens is? The best company to work with if you want to create real-world impact with the most thrilling technologies. Amazing. Mm. Autonomy is? The next level of automation. Simple as that. Technology with purpose is? Uh, one of the core values motivating my team and me every day. Love it. Um, now it's a little bit more difficult, but Matthias, I believe in you. If I could invent a rule for everyone in the world to follow, it would be? Well, that's a tricky one. <laughs> okay, this, this might sound corny but this is what touches me right now when when reading the news every day to be honest so let's go for it and, and you decide if we keep it <laughs> stop fighting stop the craziness stop jeopardizing our future there are so many important things uh, to take care of to still have a world we and our children want to live in in the future 
So, and folks out there, if you hear that, that means, you know, no editing on our side, right? <laughs> this is, you know, anyway, how we keep this podcast going. Yeah, and this is political stuff, so this is my personal <laughs> opinion, obviously. <laughs> and last but not least, tomorrow, the next thing I will start is... Poor, you, you know, I'm starting so many new things every day. Um, maybe subscribing to this podcast, actually. That might be a good idea. What? You haven't <laughs> subscribed? Eh? So that's the next next big thing you do right away. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I will do that. Okay. <laughs> so, Matthias, thanks so much also from our side. You know that you being that open and passionate about and sharing, right, your time, but also a bit of the insights, what you do with the team, what you do with the technology, and if you and that. Highly appreciate it. It's, it's really fun um, to, you know, to, to have a conversation. So that's the first one that we have, right? And so I'm sure it will be not the last one as well. Uh, so thanks so much, Matthias. My pleasure. Thanks so much. A lot of fun today. And folks out there, stay tuned. There's so much to come. Uh, stay bold, committed, and open-minded. And we hear us at the next Siemens Ayala podcast, right, with our new listener as well. Not only guest, but listener is now with Matthias. Bye.